Hi, this is Eddie Markham, pastor of River of Life Church, and this is our podcast. I just want to say thank you for taking the time and listening to our podcast. Hopefully you're going to be inspired and impacted by our message today. I also want to let you know what's going on here at River of Life. God has just been blessing us, and we have outgrown our facility, and the time has come for us to get into a new building. We need to get into a bigger building. So we have kicked off a building campaign this year, and we are moving forward. And God is blessing it. So we are reaching out to you, our podcast listening audience. And just want to encourage you that if you would like to participate and make a donation into our building fund, please head over to our website. It's www.rol-ag.com. And right on the homepage there is a little donate button. Click on that. Follow the instructions and just sow your seeds, sow into this ministry and help us make this happen. I want to say thank you in advance, and I pray God continue to bless you and impact your life as you listen to the ministry at River of Life. Actually, the struggle is real. Somebody say the struggle is real. All these different parents, we're, we're learned, we're taught all of our life how to succeed in life. We're taught how to excel in life. We're told how to do this with our finances, our marriage, how to treat one another. And uh, here comes Jesus, and he comes along, and he begins to teach what's called the kingdom of God. And all of his teachings basically are in a reverse to what we have been understood. In other words, Jesus said if you want to excel, then you got to learn to humble yourself. He taught that the way up is actually the way down. He taught that it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. He taught if you want to be exalted to humble yourself. He even taught if you're being persecuted that you're more than an overcomer. He taught that He can give us beauty for ashes. He teaches us and He began to teach all these things about that are contrary to what we understand how to live. And so I want to teach us a little bit how to to live with these paradoxes. Christian living. I love our youth are going to be talking about sexuality according to the Word of God. Do you know that God invented sex? Can you say that in church? We should be. If we said more about it in church, we would probably not have a bigger problem in the community out there in the world today. Everything we experience as human beings is in that book. It's not a religion. Jesus never came to start a religion. Quit calling me religious. I have a relationship with God. Jesus came to teach us how to have a relationship with God, how to fix our brokenness. And when we follow the ways of the world, it leads to brokenness, pain. And hurt, and so God is up in heaven saying, Hey, I gave you a book, and in that book tells you how to live, how to treat one another. Your sexuality is all in there, everything is in there. Someone say it's in the book, it's in the book. You got to get into the book. The problem that we have, and that's why I'm preaching the first one today, is because the biggest paradox that we are caught in as Christians is trying to live for God, but we must die to ourselves. I'm going to talk about dying today. I'm going to title this Dying to Live. Jesus taught, if you really want to live a life with purpose and meaning, you got to die to yourself. You ready to read it? It's in John chapter 12. Verse 19 tells us the Pharisees, these were religious people. They didn't like Jesus because he wasn't very religious and they didn't like him too much. So it says the Pharisees in verse 19, therefore said among themselves, you see that you, you are accomplishing nothing. They're, they're yelling at one another, trying to stop Jesus. And now they're saying, look, we're, this isn't working. For the whole world has gone after him. The whole world's coming out to Jesus. 
The enemy knows he's losing his grip. And let me tell you something. When the enemy begins to lose his grip on your life, that's when you will experience some of the most toughest battles ever. Because he realizes he's losing his grip on you. The children of Israel, right before they came out of Egypt, Pharaoh gave his last army. He, he gave, it was the worst of everything, everything that hell could puke out on the children of Israel. But when the war intensified against God's people, God intensified his war against the enemy. So if you're in a battle where you feel like you're losing every ammunition's coming unglued, that's because you're right on the brink of the greatest breakthrough you've ever experienced in your life. Believe me, it's exactly, this is a principle in the Word of God. And here the Pharisees are yelling at each other because the whole world is going after Jesus. Verse 20 now, there were certain Greeks among those who came to worship at the feast. This is a big thing because now his ministry is spreading from Jews to everyone. Because Jesus didn't come just for Jewish people. He came for all of us. And newsflash, the Bible says that if you believe in Jesus Christ, you are grafted into the family in the body of Christ. You are Jew, Gentile, male or female, young or old, rich or poor. If you are in Christ, then you are in the same Christ that I'm in, that Abraham was in, that Isaac was in, that Jacob was in. So, but uh, John wants to let everybody know that Greeks are coming now to Jesus. They're leaving their Greek mythology and all of their, their gods and idols. And they're coming because Jesus was undeniable truth. Man, this is so good. Then they came to Philip. That's one of the disciples who was from Bethsaida of Galilee. We were just there in Israel. Saw Galilee. It was beautiful. And they, and they asked him saying, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. They didn't go to Jesus. They didn't know how to to get to Jesus. They didn't know the protocol. So they just found one of his disciples and said, Can you get us to Jesus? Don't be surprised if people are coming to your life and they're asking you questions because they're wanting to get to Jesus. God will bring people into your life who you never thought you would ever see them again. And they'll come out of nowhere because they find out what's going on in your life. And they want what's going on in your life to happen in their life. And so they don't know about you and Jesus. They don't know about the outpouring. They don't know what you know. But they want to have what you have. So they're going to come to you. It's common. It's common. So they did that. And they came. Philip and Andrew came and they told Jesus. But Jesus. But Jesus. He answered and he said, The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. He who loves his life, here's a paradox, will lose his life. And he who hates his life in this world, he will keep it for eternal life. Did you get that? If anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, him, my father, will honor. Father, I thank you for your word. I pray your blessing on our time together. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You may be seated. Let's talk about this. A paradox. What is a paradox? A paradox is a seemingly contradictory statement but upon investigation may prove to be well-founded or true. In other words, it's a situation that at first it seems like, I don't think I want that because it doesn't make sense. 
because nobody else is doing it. And I'm not hearing it on CNN or Fox News. I don't see the Hollywood industry. I don't see nobody else doing it. It seems to be going against everything I stand for. I don't really understand how I need to forgive those that hurt me. And God is telling me in order to be forgiven, I should forgive. I don't understand how I'm supposed to act and live this way. I don't really think it's for me. That's a paradox, but I love it. But upon further review, I'll be watch football. There'll be a ruling on the fan, and the refs always call it on the Lions. True, or they just love throwing yellow flags at the Lions. But in the NFL, they have what's called a challenge flag, where the coach can pull that red flag out and say, I don't think I've seen it the same way you saw it. And he'll throw that flag out, and it stops the game. And then somebody upstairs who's got more authority than those on the field will take a closer look and say, let me give you my opinion of how I see the situation. And if he sees it, whatever he says goes. And he will, a lot of times, will overrule the calling. And he'll say, upon further review, what, I, what you guys thought was going to happen in one way, I see it a totally different way, and so I'm going to say the game is going to go this way. Can I tell you, in life, you can have situations that come against you like that, and you may be in one right now, but I tell you that God's given you a red flag. He's given you the authority by based on the word of God that you can throw that out to the field and say, I need to take a closer look at this Christian needs thing, this Christianity thing. I need to take a closer look at how to live for God. And upon further review, you'll see that God's way is always the best way. But sometimes it takes a little further review. At first, it don't seem to be right. At first, to live for God, to love myself, die myself, and all that kind of stuff, it may, it may rub us the wrong way. But I'm here to tell you the beauty of, of paradox is you've got to give it time. Upon further review, I love what Daniel did in the book of Daniel. He was 17 years old, and he was taken captive by Babylonians. And they made him eat different food. They made him drink, and they, made him, they wanted him to live this kind of lifestyle. And he said... Uh, I don't live that way. I live for God. I honor God in my singleness, in my relationships. I, I honor God. I don't do what you guys do in the Babylonians. I worship the God of heaven. Read it in the book of Daniel. And the Bible says he purposed in his heart that he was going to live for God. And look what happened. The king said, okay, let's do a test. You live for your God, and we're going to live for our gods, and we're going to see how you are in an end of a season. And the Bible says, as time went on, their life began to just get all unwired. But they looked at Daniel, and he's a young man. I love how it, it emphasizes his age, because young people can live for God in 2019. Amen. This ain't for old folk. This ain't for old. This ain't your mama's church. If you ain't guessed it by now, this ain't grandma's church. We love grandmas. My mama, my mama comes here. They do the seniors ministry. And as I said Wednesday night, there's a ministry where for all people, all generations. And I preached and talked about that. But they looked at this young man that was 17 years old who dedicated his life to live for God. And the Bible says he was more blessed than everybody else in the kingdom. So the king even made a decree and he said, I'm going to make it a law that we're going to quit worshiping in our gods and we're going to quit living the life that we live and we're going to start worshiping Daniel's God. Wouldn't it be awesome if people would look at how we live and be so impressed that they say, I want to live for your God. I want what you got in my life. The problem is we don't give him a good enough demonstration. 
You gotta, but upon further review. So what we have here in this, in this story is Jesus, these people coming to Jesus. And they're wanting to get closer to Jesus. And they're wanting to know more about Jesus. And it says, Jesus began to say, the hour has come. In other words, from this time on, if you want to see me, you've got, got to be willing to follow me. I'm going to challenge you today. He said, if you really want to see me glorified in your life, then you've got to be willing to follow me. There comes a time in your life when you don't have time for people. When you just don't have time for silly people, for curious people, for people that are just there, they're not interested in you, they may be interested in what you're interested in, but they're not interested in you. By the way, that's the definition of a colleague or uh, someone other than a friend. They're, They're not interested in you, they're just interested in the same thing you are interested in. Jesus said, from this day forward, from from this point on, if you really want to see me show up in your life, you've got to be willing to not love yourself as much as you love me. He's challenging us. Why does he challenge us? Because he's trying to make us stronger. Challenging us makes us stronger. Because it's easier to dress like a Christian than live like one. I said, it's easier to dress like a Christian than live like one. It's easier to talk like a Christian than to serve like a Christian. It's easier to post a Bible scripture than to obey a Bible scripture. I said, it's easier to post one on Facebook than it is for you to live it out in your everyday life. I'm talking about dying. We're going to die. We're going to have a death. We're going to turn this service real quick right into the ground. But you're going to see that that's the way up. Because some of you, we were worshiping, and some of you couldn't get into the worship. Maybe it's those listening on the podcast, right? It's not those that are here. Some of the things that will hinder us from going further in God is that we just love ourselves too much. That's the problem with dying. So that's why he's challenging us. Why? Because challenging us, he makes us stronger. And he makes us stronger on the inside. God don't want us to be just strong on the outside. We work out and we get in shape. But he wants to know, how do you live on the inside? How strong are you on the inside? In fact, sometimes God will allow situations to come into your life just to make you stronger on the inside. Because he don't want us to be like emergency room Christians. Where we just come to God... When we have an emergency, nobody want God don't want that. You don't see nobody hanging out at the emergency room drinking coffee. Just here, seeing the sick people. How you doing? But that's exactly what's going to happen if we don't learn to take this thing serious and say, God, I'm willing to see you be glorified in my life. Then he says, okay, I need you to die to yourself. I need you to I need you to die, be willing to not love your life. In fact, he said you gotta hate your life. Now, what did he mean by that? He did not mean that you go home and just smack yourself. Because he says that you need to love God with all your heart, love your neighbor as you love yourself. So you need to love yourself in that sense. But what he's saying here, hear me, what he means by hating your life is that your love for God is so high that in comparison to your love for God, it's like you hate yourself. You love God's desires way more than your desires. You're willing to take persecution because you love God that much. That's what what Jesus is saying here in this this whole story. 
Is he saying, you really want to see me glorified in your life, then I need to challenge you a little bit. Jesus always challenged people. He would heal them and do miracles. And then, like in John 6, a few chapters before this one, he stops and he tells them that unless you drink my blood and eat my flesh, you can have no part in me. They were like, whoa, this guy's nuts. He's like cannibalism. They thought that's what he meant. And, they, and the Bible says many turned away from the Lord that day. He turned to his disciples and said, are you going to leave me too? And they said, Lord, Peter said, where else can I go, Lord? Only you have the words of eternal life. In other words, you've got to get to the place in your life where you say, only God has what I need. And then, by the way, he said, I'm not talking about cannibalism. I'm talking about I'm going to give my body and then communion is going to represent. And that, but them guys didn't stick around and hear that. All they heard was dying. And let me tell you this. Dying is different in the eyes of God than it is in us. I do a lot of funerals. And I tell you, death is different in the eyes of God than it is for us. In fact, when a Christian dies, the Bible says how beautiful it is in the eyes of God is the death of one of his saints. Why is it beautiful to God when we die? I believe it's because he finally gets to show us heaven. This is how beautiful it's been waiting on you. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you that where I am you may be also. It's beautiful in the eyes of God. Death is, is separation. Is what separation is what death means to God. It's it's when we when we separate. There, there's got to be a separation that Jesus is teaching here about us, about us and, and and sin. When Adam sinned, there was a separation, a broken fellowship between him and God because of sin. The Bible says in Romans six, and when we became when we become Christians, us and sin are no longer supposed to get along. He said that us and sin is not supposed to get along. We're supposed to get a divorce. You're supposed to get a divorce with sin. And sin, it's like an ex-husband. Are you going to allow an ex-husband to show up at your house wanting you to do his laundry? (laughs) Expecting you to cook his food? What are you going to tell him? No, because we are over. We are divorced. What you want is what you want. I am not with you no more. I'm married to a new person. I'm with somebody else now. And so what we had is, oh, it's over. Somebody say it's over. You need to tell somebody it's over. You need to tell self that it's over. We sung that song. You waited. You waited. Waited. Something. Oh, wait, whatever, waited, waited. And I'm sitting there. The Holy Spirit said, sad thing is that he's, I'm still waiting. And so I said, okay, God, I guess you want me to preach. He said, I'm still waiting for some folks. I'm still waiting on them to die. I'm waiting on them to die a little bit. I'm waiting on him a little bit to say, not my will, but your will be done. I'm willing to separate. I'm willing to separate myself. I'm willing to separate God. That's what he says here. I got one example, and that's Moses that I want you to see. Moses in Hebrews 11 says, it was by faith that Moses when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. 
He chose to share, he chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the temporary pleasures of sin. My gosh, did you see that? I love when he starts off by saying he grew up. People think, what, I got to give up. Let me tell you something. You don't, it's not about giving up, it's about growing up. It's not about giving up, it's about growing up. When you begin to realize that God's just like a little kid in the nursery playing with a fire truck. It's cute when they're 6 and 7, but when they're 16 and 17 playing with a fire truck, something's wrong. God is saying, I want you to grow up. Quit playing with a fire truck and envision yourself driving a fire truck. Envision yourself being the head and not the tail. Envision yourself being married, having a healthy marriage, having control over your mind and over your flesh. we got to get this flesh under control. We can, we can, let me take that little toy, that little blanket that you hold on to like lioness, that, that little pussy that you hang on to, that little habit that you run to when times get tough, that little relationship you run to when you, things get tough. God says, let me be that strong tower that when things get tough, you come running to me. But you got to grow up to do that. You got to grow up to do that. I got to preach to some grown-ups today. I'm trying to preach to some grown-ups today. Got to grow up. When Moses grew up, he said, hey, I don't want to be identified as Pharaoh's daughter anymore. Which was a contradictory to what he's calling. He was called to be a deliverer. Whoever has naming rights has claiming rights on your life. Whoever you allow to name you is who's going to claim you. What does the world say that you are? What does your family say that you are? You're going to be this. You're going to be just like aunt so-and-so, cousin so-and-so, or you're just going to be like the rest of them that grew up in E-Course in Southwest. You're going to be just like them. You're just going to be another statistic. I was married at 20 years old. We should have not been married as long and have where we are today. But he waited. He waited. In November the 5th, 1997, I said, okay, okay, here's my heart, Lord, I make up my own song. And he said, that's what I've been waiting on. That's what I've been waiting on. You're no longer going to be known as this. You're not only going to be a statistic, but I'm going to raise you up. And you're going, I'm going to make you so on fire. For God. You're going to be a pastor. I like them. No, he didn't even tell me that. I still think he tricked me into this whole job. I'm telling you, he did. He did. He tricked me. God will trick you. Everything you thought you would never do and be making fun of, of everything you'll be doing, you'll be up there. You'll be up here next time. If you were making fun of me today, you're going to be up here. Never, never, never count out what God's going to do in your life. But we married 26 years this year. How does that happen? Dying to ourself. Dying to ourself. Growing up. He chose to share. He says there's temporary pleasure in sin. Did you know there's fun in sin? Oh, yeah. There's a whole lot of fun in sin. But you know, see where it does? It says it's temporary. It don't last. Then he goes on and he says, he thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt. My gosh. He thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt. He could have been a ruler and just 
bling everywhere, the best chariot, servants. And nothing's wrong with having money and all of that. But we got we to make sure money don't have us, right? So it wasn't a problem with that. But with Pharaoh, that's not what, or Moses, that's not what God called Moses to do. How did he do it? Pastor Eddie, how did Moses do it? He said it like this. It was by faith. He said he was looking ahead to his great reward. That's how he was able to do it. That's how you and I are able to die to ourselves, is we're to look at the future reward. We're to look at what God wants to do in our life. I begin to look at what God wants to do in my family and in my ministry and in our marriage. And I said, God, I'll do whatever. Okay, God, I'm in. Go to the next one. The king's anger. He, he wasn't afraid of the king's anger. He kept right on going. How did he do it? How did he do it? Because he kept his eyes on the one that was invisible. He kept his eyes on the one that was invisible. Can you give up a relationship you can see for a relationship you can't see? Can you give up a man who you can't see for a man who you can't see? He's waiting, waiting. Moses said, I can't see you, God, but I know you're there. Upon further review, upon further review, I don't understand everything about you, God, but I know that if I follow you, it's going to be better. So I choose to go through whatever it is I'm going to go through. I choose to go through whatever I'm, i got to go through, God. Because you said if I die to myself, then I can live for you. You said that if I will uh, just humble myself, then you will exalt me. If I will just trust you, if I will just put you uh, first and make me second, then I can really begin to see you bring me to places that I never thought I'd ever be. Moses was willing to give it up. He was willing to give it up. And I love this whole story because he uses the analogy of a seed. And this is really the point of the whole message as I'm closing. The point of the whole seed. That's why he used the seed. Because he says when when you're a seed, if it goes into the ground, it remains alone. A seed has to die and and goes into the ground. In other words, when you're talking about a seed going into the ground, it's not being buried, but it's being planted. (laughs) It's not being buried, it's being planted. I don't think they got it. When you put a seed into the ground, it's not being buried like you put a body in the ground. When you put a body in the ground, they're buried. Sing your song and go home and eat potato salad. It's over. But when you put a seed into the ground, it's not being buried. It's being planted. In other words, I'm coming back. I said, I'm coming back. I said, there's a purpose to the pain of going into the ground. There's a purpose for me to not love myself as much as I need to. There's a purpose for this whole thing. And Jesus said, you may not understand it right now, but when you come through some stuff, you're going to see how it was well worth it. You're going to bear much fruit. You can't bear fruit of a Christian until you die to yourself. It's not about being buried. You're being planted. And did you catch it? He says, if you don't do this, you'll be alone. This, this is what I said. No, no, this is grammatically incorrect. 
this should say when you go into the ground, you're alone. Why did he say if you do, if you do not go into the ground, you're alone? Because he said, Eddie, you can be, as long as you are on the shelf, you are separated from your purpose in life. In other words, until you die, you may be with a lot of people, a lot of other seeds. You may even come to church with a lot of other seeds. But until you really die to yourself, I'm not really in it yet. I'm really not in it. So you're not with me. So that means that's, we're alone. You're alone. You may be with some people, but you're really alone. How many know you can be in a crowded room, but still be all alone? And Jesus said, until you die to yourself, then you're going to be alone from the purpose that I have for you. Yes. That's how Joel was able to get through it with God and come out. He lost a lot of things, but God gave him double for his trouble. You got to be willing. That's why Jesus says you got to be if a grain of wheat falls to the ground. And if it dies, it'll come back. It'll come back. It'll come back. And in fact, until you allow yourself to die to some of these things in your life, it's just a show. It's just repetitious. It's just religious. Jesus said, if you really want to see me glorified in your life, come on, you got to quit playing these games and you got to be willing to just die to yourself. Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. In the life that I do live, I live in the flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Galatians 2.20. But what did he say? He said, I chose to get on the cross. He said, I chose to get on the cross. The seed, Jesus is saying, it's a seed, the reason why it's not being buried, it's being planted, is because you have no choice when you die. You're going in the ground. But you got a choice if you are look at your life as a seed. God don't want you to do anything because you have to do it. He don't want you to serve him because you have to serve him. He don't want you to die to yourself because you have to die to yourself. He didn't want Moses to leave like because he had to leave Pharaoh's house. What did he say? He chose rather to suffer the afflictions. And it may be suffering. Yes, suffering's a part of serving the Lord. The early church looked at it as an opportunity to show the world how strong their faith is. You may be going through some pain right now and God's allowing it because he knows you're enduring it. And your witness and testimony is to show everybody if you can do it, so can they. I said if you can do it, so can they. God can use anything in our life if we're willing to die and die to ourselves and say, God, I'm willing to put myself into the ground. Here I am. Come on, how many seeds are in the house today? Come on, how many seeds are in the house? Come on, if you're a seed, come on, stand with me today. Stand with me this morning. This afternoon, whatever time it is, whatever day it is, help me, Jesus. It remains alone. Hallelujah. What a weekend. What a life that God has in store for us. It's about dying to ourselves, people. It's a paradox. It's a struggle. There's tension there. None of us like it. But if you look at it today, that's what I'm trying to say. Jesus said, look at it as not as a burial, but a being planted. You're being planted. Well, Don, you're being planted. You're being planted. You're being planted. Coming back. It's got to die, though. You want to see that thing resurrected in your life for the good? It's got to die. Can't run out of here and go back to our old self, man. I'm telling you, God is see, He's with us, man. He, 
He'll let us play games. He'll let you play games as long as we want to. But when we're really serious, He'll say, okay, God, I'm willing. Unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground, it remains alone. You're, you're separated from that purpose that God has for your life today. Father, I thank you for your presence today. This whole weekend, this message, and whoever is listening to this message today, God, I pray, help us to die to ourselves. Help us to be that seed that you are calling us to be. And that God, to go into the, to the ground and, and die. Let, let, our, let our self just be planted for you so we can see the new creation that is in Christ Jesus coming out. Coming out. With your heads bowed right now, if you're here and you say, Pastor Eddie, pray for me. I need to give my life to Jesus Christ today. Pray for me. Just pray for me. Just lift your hand up right where you are. I want to pray for you today. Hands up, hands up. Just say, pray for me today. Hands up, hands up, hands up. Anyone else? Hands up, hands up. I see those hands. Three, four. Hands up. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. How many of you say, Pastor Eddie, I, I realize, man, I got some areas in my life I need to die to self because I'm in this paradox and it's a struggle. But I'm choosing today to let some things go. I'm, I'm choosing today to die to my self in these areas and so God can be glorified if that's you lift your hand up lift your hand up that's me that's me that's me that's me amen come on lift those hands both of them up if you lifted your hand at all in Jesus name in this place Jesus Jesus that's what you're calling us to that's what you're calling us to Lord Father you see the hands in this place We're wanting to follow this, what you left in the Bible for us, this John 12. We're wanting to be that seed, Jesus. You told us. We must fall to the ground and die to ourselves. Help us to keep our eyes on the prize and keep our eyes on, on what you have in store for us, Lord. Then that way we'll do it. We'll do it. I'll pray for every uplifted hand, God. Give them the strength. Give us the strength to go to this deeper level. Lord, they need to go. We need to get deeper in you, in Jesus' name. If you raise your hand for salvation, just ask God to forgive you right where you stand. Say, God, forgive me of my sins. I repent of my sins. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. Change me from the inside out. Go ahead, say that. Say that to him. Ask him to come into your life. Ask you to come, ask him to come into your heart, into your life right now. Forgive me of all my sins. Wash me, cleanse me, make me new, Father. From this day forward, I will follow you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. The rest of us, Lord, that lifted our hands, I pray, God. Let us walk out of here, Lord, with this word deep in our heart, Lord. Not being sad, but being to celebrate, Lord, and to be excited because we're not dying. We're not being buried. We're being planted, Father, for this new season, this new life, these new relationships, all the new things that you want to do under our life. Help us to do it, Lord, and we're, we're going to be looking forward to that, God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I'm going to open these altars. If you need additional prayer and anything in your life, if you need some prayer in your life, I'm going to have you come forward and we can pray for you before you go home. If you're going to see a doctor or anything, altar workers, won't you come forward at this time and just line up here. And listen, if you need prayer for anything going on in your life, family, home, finances, or anything, you need someone to pray with you, then these guys are here to help you and to pray with you. Just come out of your seat. 
come up here and let us pray for you in Jesus' name. We're going to sing one last song, and then I'm going to dismiss everybody. But if you need prayer, come on up today and get some prayer in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. listening. We trust that God has spoken to you through today's message. If you would like to know more about our church or if you would like to help support the ministry, please go to www.rol-ag.org. River of Life Assembly of God, a church of His presence, His promises, and all people.